Yeah, I'm good. We're ready. Hello and welcome back to the Guernsey Gigs podcast. Welcome, Aussie Chris. How's it going, man? Cheers, cheers. Yeah, no, it's all good. All good. Been enjoying watching the other guys on. So, uh... <laughs> you've got a lot to live up to then. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Brilliant. Lovely pause. Can you tell like people who don't know uh, you uh, a little bit about yourself? It works better if I shut the uh, podcast off on the other screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> me, um, well, most people know me from chaos, I guess. Um, we've been doing that for, well, since 2005 um, as part of the Green Man Motorcycle Club. Um, and we've also organized other gigs around the around the place and, and help people with other projects they've got going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, chaos is, is the main thing I'm involved in, um, each year. Sadly, we, we didn't get to run it last year cause it was only a week after uh, lockdown finished. So we just didn't have time to get everything in place. We had such great artwork. But we're looking to go ahead this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> always great artwork. <laughs> uh, yeah. You just mentioned it's for those that are. Uh, I'm sure it, 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 you, we're we're going ahead. Is it full Friday? Yeah, Saturday? yeah. Is we're um, back a bit, or um, no. I mean, we're we're going full steam ahead at the moment. Um, obviously, we do not know at this point whether we'll be able to get any bands in from off Ireland, um, or any of the punters or half the people who help organize it who are based in other islands. <laughs> um, but, but you know, we're, um, we took a year out last year and, and that was nice because we'd done 15 years straight on the trot and uh, we're going to run it, uh, whatever happens. Um, well, so long as obviously we're not in lockdown still then. Mm. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll just play it as it comes. That's, you know, we'll, we'll we're organizing all of the infrastructure and as to who we can have there, whether we can have the bands in from the UK and Jersey and, and the, the guests and visitors and, and all of that, or whether we just keep it local, um, doesn't really make a lot of difference. I think, I mean, it's nice to be able to have visiting bands, but there's such a huge amount of talent in Guernsey that, that, you know, there's just no shortage of, of, you know, great bands to play. Um, have you been, oh, it's doing chaos since the start of it? Yeah, I, I joined the Green Man. In fact, I, I became a full member at the pre-show party for the very first chaos. Um, so in the beginning, I uh, was more involved in organizing the bar and, and that side of things. Um, and then as, as I sort of got more knowledgeable about everything and that I, I started organizing other parts of it. And then I took over doing the main organization probably of the last few years. I've, uh, we've now built up such a great team of people and people, everyone knows their, what they do. Um, you know, and there's so many wonderful people who are involved in making it come together that actually I'm, I, I suppose I try to keep a, a, an overview of the whole thing and keep, you know, all the plates spinning. Um, but, you know, it, uh, to be honest, I could walk away and chaos would still happen now, whereas maybe in the early days it was a bit more, um, you know, you, you felt that, that, that you had to be there. Mm. How did it start? How, how did it actually, I mean, who, who came up with the idea and why? Oh, wow. Um, part of it is um, there there was a lot of people sort of, uh, there, there's some people that like to say, oh, there's nothing to do, or the kind of thing we like to do doesn't happen in Guernsey. And then there's other people who go, 
I want to go to a party that's like this. I love going to parties where there's loads of bands, loads of motorbikes, loads of beer in a nice location, camping for a few days. And um, so let's put one on, you know, let's let's make it happen. You know, we, we enjoy this. It, it, chaos has always been the kind of party we want to go to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and our favourite things to, obviously, we quite like, the fact that you can get on your bike and ride a couple hundred miles before you get there, but um, you know, which which we don't do for chaos, but that that's what we do. We get on bikes and we ride to parties and we meet lots of crazy people and have wonderful time and and make new friends and and that's chaos is now one of those parties. So, I mean, we've had people. Um, I mean, if, it was quite a few years ago. Now the uh, the Spanish turned up. But that was some guys that I met at a party, uh, Cambridgeshire or Nottingham, I can't remember, um, and ended up sharing uh, a lot of Jack Daniels and um, <laughs> Agua Diablo, which was their homemade firewater brandy that they bought with them. Um, and, and I said to him, hey, you guys are really cool. You should come to Chaos, you know? And... Um, you know they they emailed me they had my email address and 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 uh it was sort of like yeah yeah that sounds great and they emailed me and said when is it and how do we get there and i I told them and thought nothing more of it and then actually the thursday night of chaos as we were maybe having a few pre-party beers i got a text message saying oh aussie we're not going to be there today we'll be there tomorrow and i didn't recognize a number and thought nothing more of it and uh, I happened to go home briefly and, and quickly Googled the, the, the um, dial code and it was Spanish. Next day, I think it was 11 bikes and 12 people turned up. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of them spoke a little bit of English. Um, the rest of them spoke the international rule, you know, language of, of drinking. <laughs> and, um, and we had a mad party for three days. And then at the end of it, they all rode down to the boat. And when they got, they, they never booked anything in advance. They just turn up and book. And they left chaos on the Sunday afternoon and they got down to the harbour and there were two boats there. And they were like, what's, what's the story here? And we went, well, that one goes to France and that one goes to the UK. And half of them turned around and went, Oh, we got some mates that have got a squat in London. They're a bunch of punks, so we'll go and stay with them. And, uh, you know. <laughs> that freedom of spirit, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, um, for those people that, that don't know, I'm, I'm sort of picking up that your accent's not from Guernsey. I, I, is it Alderney that you're from originally? Oh, yeah, Alderney, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but believe it or not, I'm not an Ozan, um, which... Uh, which some people have asked. And I did have a girl come up to me at Chaos a couple of years ago and say, Aussie, are you a Kiwi? <laughs> um, which I thought, you know, uh, the clue's in the name there. Must but, have been you know, a strong beer. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your you know, I, to Guernsey? How did, how I originally, did... how did I get here? Yeah, I was well... swimming across the Swan River and took a wrong turn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm from Western Australia. Um, I grew up on a farm um, out in the middle of nowhere in Western Australia. And I was doing what every Australian does when I was uh, 21. Basically chucked a pack on my back and went traveling. And um, my parents were English, so I had a British passport. So I came to the UK and stayed with some friends and family and you know, worked a bit around the UK and um, I was at a party one night with my cousin who then lived in Guernsey and um, she said, oh, I reckon you'd really like Guernsey, you know, they all drink a lot there too. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know what and, you're talking and the about. People who's, yeah, the people whose party it was turned around and uh, it was in a rectory of all places, um, beautiful big house, but it was a, pretty mad party at sort of five o'clock in the morning and they said oh our uncle's um the captain of the hewland uh hewland dispatch which is a boat that used to bring all the supplies over the island two or three times a week 
Um, they said, if you turn up to Southampton and tell him you know us, we'll ring him and um, you can get a free ride over if you want. And I thought, oh, well, free ride, place to stay. I'll go and check this place out. Prior to that, I'd heard of Guernsey, I'd heard of Jersey, I'd heard of Shetland too, you know, but um, I didn't know where they all were. <laughs> <laughs> was that like the biker spirit? Were you were you a biker back then, or was that was that like the biker spirit instilled in you before then? To the idea of just like jumping on a boat, yeah. and on the road anywhere. Yeah, I I I didn't. I didn't have a bike license until I got to Guernsey. Um, probably because I would have killed myself for a bike license when I was younger. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, I rode motorbikes. I grew up on a farm. So um, some of my earliest memories are of my sister walking along next to a motorbike and letting the clutch out. And that was it. I was away and I was riding and um, the problem was I couldn't touch the ground or anything. So uh, the only way to stop was basically to fall over. And uh, so I'd ride around and ride around and ride around until I uh, decided it was time to jump off this bike and let it fall over, really. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, I rode, rode bikes. Well, yeah, yeah. It's the easiest way to stop is to fall over. I was like, chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't uh, what you'd call a biker back then, but I, I had always hung around in those kind of circles and uh, music and motorbikes, you know, that kind of thing. Always, uh, you know, well, they always had the best parties. <laughs> Is it music fact, I, like um, part, of the, part of the career? With, did you ever play or was it a, a, a passion? No, I, like I, the party? I, I loved music. I loved music at school um, and and all my mates were in bands and I wanted to be in a band, but um, sadly, I lack any talent. So <laughs> it kind of, you know, I, I, yeah, I couldn't learn three chords, let alone uh, sing a note or anything. So, um, but the one thing I had was I always looked a lot older than my mates because I was quite tall at school and... Um, so I used to go and organise gigs for them and get them gigs in the pubs. And uh, much to the disgust of the publican when a bunch of like 14, 15 year old kids would turn up and go, yeah, we're playing here tonight. And he's like, uh, you can't come in here without your parents. And luckily one of the guy's mum was really cool and she used to come to the gigs and, uh, <laughs> and say they were her kids. <laughs> uh, you think so, yeah, yeah, as well, like 15, 20% as the manager rolling in it <laughs> oh yeah yeah no we didn't get paid in those days <laughs> um and and yeah they i mean most of it you were just really happy to um to get you know just to get to play really um and and the other thing that i loved actually the first thing i noticed when i got to guernsey i came to guernsey in the late 90s 96 end of 96 and um was it was just like being at home in Australia. There were bands playing everywhere. Every every weekend, Friday and Saturday night, there'd be a handful of pubs with really, really good bands playing in them. Um, and a great variety of music and, and, and really good music. Um, and... Uh, and, and that was what I was used to, you know, back home in Australia was, you know, you know, every Friday and Saturday night, you'd be down the pub and there'd be some local band. Sometimes they were good, sometimes not so good. You know, usually cranking out ACDC covers and... <laughs> um, but, but there was always live music on and, and Guernsey had such a rich culture of, of live music. Um, and I only meant to stay here for a couple of weeks, and that was, uh, what, 20 something years ago. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think that was part of it? I mean, I've, I've said this before, and, and some of us, like, yeah, it's, it's, there's something special. The island's got, like, something about the live music scene that it's different. Oh, it's definitely. Like, it's the floors in the pubs. Everyone gets stuck to them. Been <laughs> around the place a little bit and traveled or lived in different places, like, it's really easy when you're a when you're a, a kid probably growing up in Guernsey and then looking at the outside world going, 
I want to discover that and that's understandable, but it's only till you've like been through those scenes and the music thing in other places and you look at Guernsey from a different angle that you realize like how much is actually Oh how blessed this place is. It's um it's amazing, you know. I mean, like I said, chaos. If if every band that wanted to play chaos, you know, we put it on, we worked out we'd have to have a seven day gig. <laughs> and I can't stay awake for that long anymore, you know. I'm I'm not as young as I used to be. So uh you know, there are so many great bands um, and and great artists and, and, you know, just looking, you know, like watching Holly and thinking, oh, yeah, I remember those bands from, you know, years ago and, and, and not realising probably, you know, at the time who was in them or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, I always take the mick out of Daz and Mike because they used to play in a band called Crunchy Frog. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> That's a brilliant band name. <laughs> so great band names. Band names up there. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny how how different paths they took, but you know, between yeah, you know, Buffalo Huddleston and Darker Shores, you know. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's that's what I, I love about the local scene, though, is that like everyone has such like varied taste in music, but it doesn't stop people from going to each other's gigs and like joining in with other stuff. There's not like yeah. a, a snobbery around different genres. It's, it's very mixed and people will turn up to a metal gig. They'll turn up There's, to an acoustic gig and it, it's all the same. You know, everyone just wants to support each other. Between the, um, between because green man, which you're the president of green man. If I'm no, um, I'm, I'm Sergeant. Arms. I was president years ago, but, uh, yeah. Um, so now Sergeant Arms uh, for the Green Man Motorcycle Club over here. But they don't only, not only, I mean, from the music side, you organize chaos, but um, you also do security and people might have seen you from a completely, uh, we know chaos as being sort of the, the heavier side of things apart from the peace stem, which is just the weird and wonderful um, to a certain extent. <laughs> Um, chaos being there through like Bell Earth there and doing security for that. And as much as we say the bands are ver versatile and do lots of different things, the people that aren't necessarily in bands or who are music lovers or who support the scene who and who are as much of the scene, if not the scene itself, don't just like hang out in that scene either. Like you will see them there at those different events and things like that. That's like a no, I mean we we help out and and you know we quite often get um, I've quite often been approached by people who are looking to put gigs on or do events and they come up to me and say hey how do you make this happen you know what do I need to do and it's 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 a bit of a minefield if you haven't done it before you know you've got to you know you got liquor licenses PA licenses you got to get permission from the parish constables, you know, and all these things take time and they've, but they've got to be done in a certain order because you can't get a liquor loss without having approval from the parish. And, and, you know, like all of these things have to hang together. Um, but we're always happy to help people because we just like, you know, we just like going Party. to events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. You know, it, it is, you know, um, I mean, going back to, I was, I was just thinking when I was at school and my mates were in bands and that, one of the bookings we got was um, for a, a local motorcycle club. And um, anyway, we uh, we all turned up there. We we're about 14 or 15 years old. And the lads got to play at like three o'clock in the afternoon in some sort of hall it was, but it was in this sort of compound with a big fence around it. And, um, you know, these, these big badass blokes with tattoos and beards and stuff were like all really cool and, and, and sort of said, yeah, set up over there and, and, you know, play and, and they were appreciative of the music and everything. And when we finished, they helped us like pull the gear down and, and we all carried our gear out and we were sitting outside this party, looking back in going, wow, man, we just went to a biker party. Like, and it was, yeah, chaos is, ca chaos is open to the general public. This was a biker party. It was, uh, it was pretty raucous, you know, 
And we were waiting for my mate's mum, who had a van, to come and pick us all up. And we had, you know, you you guys know the deal when you're 14 or whatever. You've got your 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 amp and everything, and your guitar, and it's your whole worldly possessions. We're all sitting on the side of the road, and the police came up and started harassing us, you know. And they were like, "What are you doing sitting here outside this party and bar?" You know. And we were like. Well, actually, we've just been in there for three hours and the guys gave us a can of Coke each and, and were really cool and really nice and really appreciated it. And we come out here to you and the police and that, and you were just giving us grief and hassle while we're waiting to get picked up. So I know which one I'd rather go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just made a really good point there, though, about um, misconceptions um, uh, that people might look at chaos first glance, you know, think, oh, that's oh, that's scary. That's not my kind of thing. But anyone that walks through those gates um, will know that it's very much, it's it's open to everybody, you know, right from little kids, my kids have been going for years and um, right to the right to the bleak and the dark and the and the grungy as well. You know, there's a broad spectrum there as well. And you don't yeah, see it's you don't seem to have to work particularly hard to kind of make it like that either. I mean, it just seems easy. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we've always been um, very conscious that we want to make it as inclusive and welcoming to everyone, you know, and, and um, I mean, the great one is, you know, Lloyd and Stretchy, everyone knows them. Um, Stretchy runs a peace tent for us. And their parents come to chaos and John's they got a birthday coming up, which, well, yeah, yeah. Lloyd's <laughs> mum plays in the recorder band, you know, like <laughs> plays on the stage. In fact, there's a bit of a bidding war going on about which stage you're playing on this year, you know, because um, <laughs> apparently I drunkenly told, uh, told their mum that they could play main stage next year. Um, <laughs> so so... <laughs> the, uh, the peace tent. Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know saturday night's new headliners might be the guernsey recorder band <laughs> but um Love to see that. on drums, but, yeah, it, it is one of the things we constantly hear from people you know as they're, as they're leaving at the end of the weekend and they're like we've always known this was here and we never came because it was just mm. never quite you know we thought oh maybe and we've had such a great time you know and now i've got friends you know, like uh, a guy I worked with for a couple of years and he he said, oh, this chaos, you know, and, and the thing was he rides motorbikes and loves music, you know, and I was like, it's a dead ringer for you, mate, you know, it's, and he was like, yeah, but I'm not part of any clubs or, you know, anything like that. And I was like, you don't have to be, you don't, you know, it, mm. it's nothing to do. I mean, it's run by a club, but all the club does is gives us an organized function that allows us to organize something at this scale because doing it on your own is a nightmare. Do you, and, uh, do you think there's a misusing, do you think there's a misconception in all of that as well from sort of people that don't really know what bike biker groups are and, and the whole sort of like, I don't know, looking at yeah, sort of people watch too much Sons of Anarchy. And, <laughs> they've got a, a middle class view of what this might be and, and, and festivals in general people like parents get scared of kids i mean Earth Fair is yeah. and, and until people actually go and realize how friendly and open-minded and, and things are do you think that's like kind of the impact that it's it's had and also having um, what? like now we kind of accept it and we're all loving it and and sort of generations have grown up through through sort of hardcore and, and and heavy metal and look at some of the pop stuff in the charts and go, this, is, this isn't hard. Like, so <laughs> there's nothing scary about this. Yeah, but Greg, Greg I mean, I, I do security outside of, you know, doing chaos and give me a metal gig any day to do security over uh, a drum and bass gig. Yeah. I, you know, I have no, I have no problem with the drum and bass music but by nature the gigs are i don't know they always feel dangerous and Did and as someone a um drum and bass gig or was that the first fair that someone <laughs> no it, it was a drum and bass gig i did get a cap in the ass <laughs> yeah that was a <laughs> that was um 
geez, that was a few years ago. It was, um, I can't remember. I think it was a Halloween gig up at Vale Castle. And um, anyway, a young lad had had a few too many jelly beans with his lunch and was having a bit of a sugar rush. So we um, <laughs> escorted him off the premises. Um, and um, yeah, he was, he was, well, he was stopping someone else enjoying themselves. So basically, that's the whole rule when we do security. I don't mind what you do unless you stop other people enjoying their day. Yeah. And uh, and so he was stopping other people enjoying themselves. So we asked him to leave and um, he got very gangster in my face. Well, when I say my face, he came up to about my chest. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> basically told me very loudly that he was going to go home and get his guns and pop a cap in my arm. And I, I laughed at him. Um, and he was doing the whole hand signals, you know, he had it all down. It bow that massive. Yeah. And, uh, which was funny cause there was a copper standing like literally 20 feet away trying to look like he hadn't heard it all. And I'm like looking at him going, isn't it actually illegal to threaten to shoot someone? But yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, about half an hour later, I um I noticed in the middle of this sweaty crowd a young man. Uh, it was a it was a um fancy dress party, so he was dressed as Superman. So he had the muscles and everything built into his suit. <laughs> anyway, twenty minutes later, I um or about half an hour later, I noticed a young man in the middle of the crowd in boxer shorts, and I'm thinking, yeah, right. It is November, you know, it's quite cold out there. <laughs> and I went up and I was like, it's the same lad. He's gone outside, he's taken his Superman costume off and somehow he'd managed to climb over one of the walls or whatever, get back in. So I went up and escorted him to the gate again and asked him to leave again. And he did and um, thought no more of it. And at the end of the night, as we were leaving, I was walking out through the big arch uh, gates and I suddenly had this like stinging sensation in my back pocket. And I, um, I put my hand back and reached into my pocket and pulled out an air rifle pellet. And he had gone around to, you know, where the uh, food stall is at the Vale Earth Fair. Yeah. There's a low bit of wall there behind the food stall. He'd climbed up on the wall there and waited for hours until I walked out and then popped a cap in my ass. <laughs> it only had enough fair play to him for popping he, a cap in your ass. Man of his he, word. You know, he, he, he is a man of his word. <laughs> <laughs> I found out his name about three months later, and um, by the time I worked out who he was, um, he was taking a holiday at Lay Nichols. So. Um, I didn't never got to speak to him about it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any other any other sort of weird encounters or, or bizarre moments? What's been the been the worst? Whether it's been through the festival or, I mean, there's been some amazing moments at that festival that uh, some of us will always keep personal. But um, but what's <laughs> the very funniest thing? And it was at Chaos actually. Um, Again, a, a, a young man had um, perhaps had a few too many glasses of lemonade and had got a bit excitable and and ended up being asked to leave. And um, anyway, he decided that um, he didn't want to leave and he wanted to fight everyone there, you know, and and we wouldn't let him back in. So, but we... The thing is out there is you you know you, you throw someone out and they stand they stand across the road then and shout abuse at you which you know we just ignored him for a while and um every now and then less so these days but every now and then the police do a drive-by you know and um basically stick there they, they don't they never come on site but they drive by and just check with the guys on the gate that everything's good and that you know and the police clock this guy being really obnoxious and and asking everyone to fight <laughs> he, he was at the time trying to pick a fight with a mate of mine from jersey who's also in the green man who's six foot six and about 25 stone and and this young lad was trying to 
yeah, he was basically calling this guy a pussy for not coming over and fighting him, you know. And the guy was like laughing at him. But the cops decided that for this young man's safety, that um, it would probably be best if if they escorted him away from the site. And they were just about to put him in the car when another car comes flying up behind him, uh, behind the police car. Out jumps this woman who goes running up to this lad, gives him a backhander, slaps him around the face, tells him to get in the car as his mum had come to get him. (laughs) And the police... (laughs) The police just doubled up laughing and they were like, if we arrest him, he's going to spend the night in the cells and get let out in the morning. Yeah. If he goes home with his mum, he's going to get grief all he's night. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> he's going to have it way worse. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that, that was a very funny... I, I, I remember one of my, my funniest moments was... Um, I, it was it was a few years ago when you uh, used to bring the, the jet trike over. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Aaron had brought his little scooter that he'd he'd customised into a, a rat Barbie bike, and uh, and you you guys decided between you. I think it was prearranged, but to to grab his little uh, bike, throw it on the in in front of behind this uh, jet trike, and set fire to it from the the thing whilst he was struggling, and the green men were holding him back. It was uh, <laughs> it was quite a sight. Um- yeah, just to give you a little better background on that, Aaron at the time was Boone's apprentice, so um, he knew all about it. And <laughs> the bike that we burned actually belonged to one of the club members and had a blown-up motor. Uh, so we had actually got this thing. It was very strange. All of the fuel and yeah, all the fuel and oil and everything was strained out of it. And um, but it was a, a scooter that wasn't running. But yes, we 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 hammed it up a bit and made it look like it was Aaron's scooter. We uh, got so much giggle. abuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we 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 actually had hate mail for that. Really? Like people were like, "Oh, you big bad bullies! You took a, you took this kid's scooter uh, and you you know you, you melted it with a uh, the afterburner on the jet trike." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, did um, you get abuse from? Like, do you guys like been? I don't know, like being uh, a biker gang in Guernsey, as they say, or like chaos. Is there something that is that like we touched on it before? And and I think everyone should go to chaos. I think it's for me. I mean, <laughs> the best festival. I I absolutely adore yeah. it. But well, we 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 try to make it. It's escapism, you know. That's what we always say. Chaos is. We're not leaving the island, but we're escaping. We're escaping life, you know. We go up there and we camp for, well, we're we're up there for two weeks, but other people come up and camp for three days. And and for those three days, you're not in Guernsey. Your job doesn't matter. Your problems don't matter. All that matters is that you're in a beautiful location, surrounded by like-minded people, having a great time, and everyone has fun, you know, and that's that's, that's all that matters for three days. Aren't they? That, that sort of escape from reality of where there's where yeah. there's nothing. As long as you're, and you know, as you said, there's there's the odd person that kind of gets out of hand, but it really is like uh, a big, very rarely wonderful in in a certain area. Do you, do you guys? struggle to get licenses now was that like a difficulty in the early days or is that now something that's kind of now people realize more so in do you have more so in the early days um but but the more we've dealt with um i mean we 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 were worried a couple of years ago when the sound licensing went from the police um over to the environment department you know and there's a person employed with a sound monitor and all of that you know and we were quite worried because um the police's answer like i remember uh i helped the probably not so successful guernsey festival um when it was down behind the um the bowl and there was a hundred and something noise complaints including some people who I thought were involved in the local noise scene were complaining about it, which I just, the, the local music scene, and I was a the bit like, noise come on, guys, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, anyway, I... I it was there, in the wrong location few... there, though, really. 
yeah, but but the thing was, I lived at the time at Vazon, and uh, the elderly couple that I rented a, a wing off, I said to them, could you hear it? And they went, yeah, yeah, we could hear it when we were sitting out in the garden. And I said, did it bother you? And they went, no, when we didn't want to hear it anymore, we went inside. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they were like, no big deal. Mm. It's only once a year, you know, who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and when I was a bit concerned because there was a lot of reaction in the press and things about it and, you know, noise complaints and that. And I rang, rang up a mate of mine who, who I dealt with at, in the police station to, uh, and said, is this, is this going to affect us with chaos? You know, is it, is it going to back, you know, backfire on us? And he turned around and he said, how many people were at that gig? I said, I don't know, 5,000, something like that. And he said, right. So 5,000 people had a really good weekend and we had 200 noise complaints. Now, most of those people complained twice. So that's maybe a hundred that actually didn't like it and felt badly enough to complain. 100 people versus 5,000? Nah, don't worry about it. Mm. Um, but that's when, the actual thing, though, because that's not always the case. I mean, we've, we've been through years of now having charities in places like France and the UK where 100 people would win, and they've closed down venues and festivals. And that probably was pretty scary. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how pragmatic people can be. But these days, um, when when the environment department first took over the um, measuring and everything, they came to chaos while we were setting up. Firstly, they were amazed because they met like our stage and sound crew, who are all guys that have been doing this kind of stuff for years. And um, Alex was there, who's who's done sound and lighting at major major tours and events around the world you know so he knows his stuff and um and they were like okay we need to measure um the decibel limit at the nearest house you know so we want you to turn it up as loud as you can make it not and uh we were measuring at the time i think just at front of stage we were getting around 127 128 decibels and um i mean that was way higher than we'd normally play it you know but Mm. uh and they went up to the house up near the tower mr mrs allen's house and they couldn't get it over 60 decibels there because well our pa is aiming at the hanwha lighthouse Mm. so you know unless they put someone back on the hanwha lighthouse yeah yeah um and of course <laughs> like being that close to the sea. Yeah, that's true. That that makes me wonder. Well, chaos has ever been a danger to shipping? <laughs> 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 no, it was very nearly a danger to Taz years ago in the early years. Um, when when with the tent actually came down, um, we had torrential rain and gale force winds. It's going to say and, it's not protected um, there, is it, from the elements? No, no, it's not. And the, the other thing that most people don't realise is um, those fields have about 12 to 18 inches of soil on top of granite. And so you can only drive the tent pegs in that far. Mm. And, and you know, we've got these big three-foot-long steel bars that we drive into the ground, but after a while you just go ping, ping, as it's hitting rock below you, you know, um, which is why we put tonnes of water around the big tent but uh yeah one of the early ones sort of probably before we got a full handle on the health and safety type aspect of things taz got up and uh decided to go and relieve himself outside and um as he was walking back towards the table he was sitting out with a whole bunch of people sitting around i think it was on the sunday afternoon so it was kind of winding down and that uh one of the the tent came off the top of one of the poles that holds it up and the pole fell down right on the chair that Taz had been sitting at. So uh, that was a bit lucky. A well-timed, a well-timed whiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are you looking so, forward for? I mean, uh, lockdown has been difficult, uh, Chris. What are you looking forward for as we come out of it? How's, how's the organisation of uh, Chaos 21 going? 
it's i mean it's it's tough to keep momentum at the moment with with the lockdown because we can't get together you know i mean i you know we do we obviously we can meet online but we can't just go and sit in a pub um we were just starting to get the energy back you know because we had a year out and it's nice to have a bit of time out and people had relaxed a bit and we had new ideas and new things but um but it's coming together actually you know we're the applications are going in still there's still i mean obviously i can't go to court and do a, a liquor license at the moment but the paperwork and things I'm, I'm fairly confident we can get them through so long as we can get out of lockdown with enough time before um i'm just excited to get back doing it you know like i mean a year out i mean vale earth there was amazing last year you know it was it was rammed and and it was such a good buzz and there was there were so many people that came to vale earth there who had never been um last year just because it was one of the first things out of lockdown you know yeah 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 so yeah and and, and vale earth there proved there's there's so much music over here yeah to to host an entire festival without their many stages or is that all hitting the way are we keeping it quiet till now is there anyone that you're thinking that could be potentially main stage or um any bands um i mean basically we at at the moment with chaos we still have exactly well almost exactly the same lineup as we had were meant to have last year because we promised all those bands a gig and some of the uk bands have been sitting on on their deposit since then <laughs> um and they all still really want to come you know and 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 especially you know like Celador mooncrow such an exciting energetic crossover type band um and they were meant to be playing main stage at the traveling man this year with uh well last year sorry um but obviously that didn't happen and they were meant to come and play chaos they're you know putting out a new album but they they still you know really keen to come but nobody knows what we'll be able to do so um but like i said there's there's so many great local bands that can all step up that all play you know and 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 to be honest as much as we'd love to get and and part of part of the joy of doing chaos is having that i mean we don't do it on a huge budget as you know anyone who runs an event like this knows that you know 25 quid for a weekend's worth of everything doesn't really you know we're not going to retire on it <laughs> um but and and we the one thing that with that makes chaos probably different to most biker parties um which is sometimes difficult to sell to bands that don't know us is that we spend most of our budget on the pa and the stage and the music you know um whereas a biker party quite often will have a few pallets in the corner and a band will turn up with a few cabs and that will be the pa um you know and the singer will set up a couple of monitors facing the other way and do their own sound as you were saying greg you know um yeah. whereas we actually have and and we're really proud of that and we you know we love part, part one of the things we love is is a reaction we get from bands that come over i mean therapy messaged me from sonosphere the weekend after chaos and said yeah we're sitting in our tent backstage at sonosphere we've been here three hours we're going to be playing in about three hours time and we're just sitting here waiting wish we were still at chaos you know <laughs> yeah and and that's nice the, you know bands bands just love it you know and it's um we talking to john about this uh previously like is is that sort of ability to have that personal touch um as well as yeah. have, a, have a proper gig as well you know it's like that that yeah. balance between the two it's it's yeah that is one of the things that we um i mean lorna my wife who's also heavily involved in chaos um you know one of her main jobs for the last 
so many years she's been involved in chaos seven eight years has been hospitality for the visiting bands you know and she's the one that turns up at the airport and um picks them up and takes them to where they're staying and brings them on site and introduces them to people and and sorts out their rider you know picks all the blue smarties out of the thing and makes sure there's fluffy kittens and all those things that Wait, did you just call her fluffy? <laughs> you know these these things that you guys put on your riders you know demanding uh you know kittens oh, yeah. and everything else backstage M's, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, like you say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. To a certain extent, I think everyone should go and enjoy it because it doesn't. As much as the bands are a major thing, and you want to go and see certain bands, especially at this time that we're living through, it doesn't matter. It's just going to be one of those amazing weekends, like we touched on before, where you can forget about everything. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, Greg, is that since we haven't done this for a year, so many new projects have popped up during mm. lockdown where people are doing stuff. And and there are bands that, you know, when, when we, we, we set this lineup two years ago because it was meant to be last year's lineup. And, and so if there's gaps in the lineup, and yeah, there's a couple of bands that are no longer together, you know, or... Um, or, or they've gone away to university, the kids that were in that band or whatever, you know, so they probably won't be there. So that's no problem because there are so many exciting new projects that have kicked off over the last two years. Um, I don't know. I mean, Skyscrapers, one that, you know, just blew my mind the first time I saw them play. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I yeah. keep hearing talk of, you know, people just jamming yeah, and, and, and doing stuff online. You know, and so if it doesn't there's no up, shortage of bands. You need to like fill in the in the remaining time, don't you? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, you know, one of the hardest things actually is is telling bands you've only got 40 minutes on stage. You know, most bands <laughs> used to play in a pub gig where they've got, you know, they might have you know two hour long sets, and and telling them to like you know, sorry guys, you've only got 45 minutes sorry, or 40 Brian, minutes you can on only stage. Play one song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, but yeah, and there's young bands coming through. I mean, the the other thing that I really have noticed in the 15 years I've been doing chaos is is the sheer um professionalism of new bands. Like when we. Before we did Chaos, we did loads of gigs at the Cock de Noor and the Hockey Club, mm. um, trying, you know, trying, you know, charging two pounds on the door or whatever, and um, and trying to raise enough money to put on the first Chaos because it costs money to put these things on. You know, you got to have money in the bank before you do, you start, you know. And um, <clears throat> great bands, and and some of them, you know, I don't want to name names or anything because I can't remember most of them because i was too drunk but <laughs> and, and some of them are bands that you know now the people who were in those bands are, are the mainstays of the local scene but some of those bands were fucking atrocious you know i mean literally like they'd get up and and it, it was three 15 year old kids bashing a guitar and screaming a bit you know and and now you've got um john doing the sound gigs um you know and and through sound guernsey doing the stagecraft lessons and the you know all of that kind of thing and then you got school of popular music you know churning out polished young guys you know 14 15 year olds who who are polished they they actually have stagecraft they have they can they, play their guitar without looking at it <laughs> that makes you professional if you can play the guitar without looking at the chords <laughs> <laughs> You got more gear than I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I remember, you know, some of the young bands, you know, uh, I mean Woody's thing about, you know, bring a lead. Mm. If you're a drummer, bring drumsticks. You know, <laughs> yeah. we we have literally we've had people turn up at gigs. We've had a drummer turn up without drumsticks. 
numerous guitarists turn up without leads, you know, and they're kids, they just don't know any better. You know, they didn't, they've never, you know, it might be their first or second ever live gig. Mm. And their first one might have been, at, you know, in their mum's living room. And they just didn't know this stuff. Whereas now they're turning up and they're like, you know, turning up to do sound check and they're, they're discussing the monitor settings and, <laughs> you know, discussing how the sound is and, and which pedal boards they want to use. And I don't know, stuff that's way over my head. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, it, it really, I mean, it, it makes our job much easier because when, you know, kids turn up and they, you know, it used to be, and yeah, we wouldn't put new bands on a chaos unless it was, I don't know, Lynchy or someone like that said, oh, I've got a new project. And you'd be just like, yeah, we know all the people in that, you know, you, you know, certain people you know what they're doing, but if a new band turns up, you, you, you wouldn't put them on immediately at chaos. You'd say, Hey, we'll give you a gig at one of our other events, you know, at the tab or something, mm. just to try and suss out if they actually know what they're doing. But now these kids turn up and they're, they're well yeah they're amazing they're polished they're practiced mm. they've actually learned three chords things have changed since <laughs> the early days of like gigs in uh, western australia then things have come a long way oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but you know you you don't need to know that many chords to play acdc <laughs> and, and that, that's all they played over there so <laughs> 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 uh, it's been really good to talk to you chris yeah, thanks for really nice. thank you so much um, yeah cheers guys are, are tickets available now for uh chaos they are be- yeah every, everything's up on um chaoseventscom so yep and there's some great artwork which you can thank elliot for and um i'll need to tap him up yep yeah. <laughs> i'm somewhere yeah that's him he's up there <laughs> so uh, yeah no it's um it's it's all steaming ahead so yeah last weekend in june so um yeah get yourself a tent get rock up and camp for the weekend yeah get tickets always awesome. helps it's nice <laughs> to know <laughs> sweet all right, all right take care guys nice one. Yeah. cheers guys all right.